All right. All right. I'm just wondering if I, I was just checking to see if I got the notification. I don't know if uh, I am going to assume that we're live. It says on my phone it, that we're live, but when I look for it on YouTube, I don't see it yet. It definitely so. says that on, uh, there it is. There it is. You there see we it? are. Okay. Oh, I think I see it too. There it is. Yeah. It's just I'm in the country, so it's delayed. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Just, Good, is uh, it just me and you? No, I'm here. Uh, oh, there you are. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here hiding away. Yes, there's Honey Bear. Oh, and look okay. at that. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was wondering because I don't think it there was there was much much announcements for it. I was wondering what the audience would be, audience would be, but uh, we got some people filing in. We got first on uh, the chat is RDWC Canada. What's up? Kate Armstrong's there. We got uh, E. Howdy, Anova, Michigan Native, Cody oh, Scott, hey. Stank Shout Dank Basement Grower. You know what's really cool about this episode? What's that? Is that we're all on camera. We can we're, see we all decided to do this today separately. We did. We did. It's true. It was, that was an unplanned, you know, and it's it so was. funny. It's so funny because I, you know, I, 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 whether I jump on the uh, growing with my fellow growers or um, on my YouTube, I still get people who say, um, even though I've been on for that, oh man, I finally seen your face. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you are quite the handsome devil. Oh man. <laughs> You're both very handsome. Now you're yanking my chain. <laughs> we want to be we want to be honest this show. Anyways, uh, yeah, we don't want to bullshit everyone. That's it. Smart poker, what's up? Sampo. All right. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. Let's uh let's do some intros. Why don't we start with uh Miss Nudie? Okay. Um I am Miss Nudie Grows or Genevieve. You can find me over on Instagram at Miss Nudie Grows or here on YouTube at Genevieve Eats Weed. And um, I am a medical home grower from uh, Southern Alberta. I grow indoors hydroponically and outdoors organically in the summer. Things are hopping around here. Um, that's my introduction though. Do you want me to go on to my grow or are we going to just do that a no, little no, bit let's, later? No, uh, no, let's do the introductions first and then we'll we'll get into that juicy stuff for sure. Perfect. So Mr. Honeybear, what's up? How's it going tonight, guys? I'm Honeybear underscore Casey on Instagram. I haven't done any YouTube videos yet. One day I might try to. It might be a little scary for my <laughs> yeah. first one or two, but someday I might. <laughs> Um, I'm a commercial grower here in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, I do have a home grow growing while our commercial facility is being built out. We did get stopped for five and a half weeks due to the illness going around, but we will be back at it tomorrow strong. So I will be starting to post pictures again tomorrow. Sorry about that time off. I did some things at home and took care of stuff on the home front and yeah, and those pictures that you were posting, awesome. I can't wait to see the stuff that you have coming up or what, even just the progress, what's going on. I'm very curious, and I'm sure other people are too. I like people like to see what how you do it from the inside. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's 
you know, we're building it from the ground up, dispensary cultivation and extraction. So I'm going to keep everyone in the loop as much as I can and share pictures along the way. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, I guess um, I am Can Can Grow. And I'm excited to be doing another episode here with uh, the Hydro Hustlers. And um, yeah, you know, we missed a month, but we're back. We're here. And uh, I'm excited to talk about, uh, talk about whatever we got to talk about with regards to uh, growing hydroponically or just growing, growing all together. So we were talking um, for everyone that's tuned in. We were talking before we jumped, uh, jumped on the live about starting off, uh, kicking off the show because it's been a couple months to uh, talking about what's going on currently in our growths. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll take us into uh, a bunch of different other conversations. So um, I guess we'll just go in the same order and start with uh, Miss Nudie. What's happening uh, in your grow there? <laughs> I just, sorry, I'm grabbing a lighter. I was wondering why you didn't like that, right? And you were sitting there twisting it around and twisting it around. <laughs> I know. What is she going to do with it? It's the suspense must be killing everyone. Quit fucking I'm going to light it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we can talk about my home grow. I'd actually take you on a little virtual tour, but um they're all sleeping right now so right now I have a veg tent and a bloom tent both are kind of being used for veg right now in my bloom tent I have um six plants ready to flip they are huge uh usually I do little small like 20 little small ones and cram them all in but uh this time I'm doing four giant ones and then one normal one <laughs> and uh, those are all for indoor those are hydroponics in cocoa coir using um general hydroponics nutrients was it and, four by four? yeah four by four by seven vivo sun <laughs> and uh in my veg in my veg tent i have about 30 babies um i have some exciting strains coming up for the next round indoor i have um, from greenhouse seeds, super lemon haze, which I've named Franco after Franco. And um, I also have uh, eight autoflowers. Uh, I'm going to keep, no, I have 10 autoflowers. No, I have 12 autoflowers. <laughs> I have four that I'm keeping indoors and I'm putting the rest outdoors. So well, um, the best ones we'll get to be there then. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of autoflowers. I also, I might have more than 30 actually now that I'm going through the numbers here. Um, <laughs> Cause I have about eight to 10 Mexican seeds that I got from a, um, a friend that smuggled them over from Mexico, like from their weed. What a nice friend, eh? Um, so we're gonna see, you never know, I might have some land race strains in there. And then a bunch of clones off of the four big ones that are going into flower uh, for my outdoor secret farm, my gorilla grow, and then also for my tent. So, so yeah. up in Alberta, when do you go outside? Secret gorilla growing farm, because it's still illegal technically for me anyway. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, what time of the year do you go outside? Oh, usually, usually oh yeah. See, I have to grow them. We won't go out for another month yet. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's why I have the clones growing inside because I put them out at like late beds by the time I can actually put them outside or acclimate them. It's like June or mid June. And yep. then this year I'm going to start doing light deprivation, like July 1st. Yeah. Okay. So these things have to have like a month to grow into monsters and then they're getting flipped. They do that though, don't they? When they you stick them outside, it is amazing. How yeah. Like the climate here, I have such a short time period, um, even probably shorter than CanCan a little bit uh, because the snow comes in September and even just the frosty nights, like the weed is resilient though. I've grown it in the snow. It's literally stayed alive through five blizzards out here. I mean, I didn't get any dank buds off of it, but that fucking weed stayed alive. It was insane. Yeah, out here, I mean, you, you're you still pretty good, you know, into early October, if it's a, like a really warm or long or extended kind of Indian summer type deal, maybe Ooh, yeah. towards the, the end of October and, you know, early November, but um, so we, and we won't see snow usually till, you know, mid, late November. So yeah, you're, you're, yeah, right you're, by me here, I'm a lot closer to Miss Nudie there. It's, um, I'll have my first frost by first week in September, by the third week in September, if it's a normal year, we'll be hitting 16 degrees at night. So it gets, it gets chilly, but then we'll get an Indian summer for a couple of weeks. But if you're anywhere near any of the Great Lakes, they have well into October, it just doesn't freeze near the lakes. So I'm a little too far off the lake and we get the microclimate and it gets cold quickly. <laughs> we have all pretty, we do all have kind of similar climates though, if you think about we, it. We are all northern, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> My phone won't stay up, it keeps Very falling. different, yet similar. <laughs> and you just did a, you just did a harvest, Miss Nutes, I think? Yes, I weeks ago. I got a total of 15 plants and they got me about a pound and a half total. Each one was about two, anywhere from like two ounces to I think the highest one was close to four. So they're all pretty compact and small, but they add up. Yeah, for sure. That was a cool video you did on the trimming. Oh Your yeah? <laughs> it's, it's enjoyable seeing other people enjoying themselves with their plants. I love it. Yeah. And I love doing the videos too. I have one coming up that I did on defoliation and I'm going to um, speed it up, like do the fast time stuff. So people see me like in there, like chopping away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is. It also funny. pokes the bear for those people that hate defoliating, heavy defoliation. I do this. <laughs> I I've noticed with me, it depends on the plant. Um, some plants like it, some plants don't. Mm -hmm. I, I, do have, I do have a few strains that just, they don't like it at all and it just stunts them too much and they don't produce. When you do it, you leave the leaves on, they'll grow monsters. Yeah. So I, and I have other ones you defoliate and you have colas that are two feet long and solid bud and <laughs> yeah you they're asking for more two days later like defoliate me again yep those autoflowers you're running uh, you're most likely going to harvest those much sooner so how, how many yes. how many weeks are the, uh, do you expect those to kind of be 
Um, the autoflowers are all, they just got topped. The ones that I'm keeping inside, I topped. And um, so they are probably close to a month along. So I'm going to guess that, you know, that as soon as you top them, it's like almost a week later, they start flowering. So, and the thing about autoflowers that I have found is that that's when you find out what you have. So I can have an autoflower that's like this big. And then I'll flip the flower and then all of a sudden it's like never seen anything like the transformation that I've seen with an autoflower. But more often than not, unfortunately, this just turns into this. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all so they're all different strains or what? What's, uh... um, I have I like to buy good ones. So I got these ones from Dutch Passion. I got two blueberry OG auto. Um, I've run those before. I actually got a couple ounces off of a plant, so it's not a, a bad yielder. It's frosty. It's got good effect. And then the other one is from Amsterdam Marijuana Seeds. I jumped on the sale for AK-47 Extreme Auto, and uh, I've grown one, and it wasn't very big, so I just popped all the rest of them, which was eight, so... <laughs> Sweat flavor well, did you roll up? Or no, one? 10. There was 10 of them. I gave one away, so I have nine. What flavor did you roll up in the joint? Uh, this is actually um, legal marijuana. <laughs> My friend gave me some uh, weed from, I think it's from Aurora. So it matches your hat? Yeah, I'm wearing an Aurora <laughs> hat and a tweed shirt. <clears throat> Yep. I like to confuse people. <laughs> well, they're, yeah, they're, they're, where those, do I work? Where do I those, work? Those two companies are going in different directions. I know. That's uh, what's funny, right? That's it. Uh, before we move on uh, to Honey Bear, I just wanted to quickly answer a question in the chat. Kate. Armstrong was asking how much worm castings do I amend uh, with the, my uh, ProMix HP. I, I do uh, uh, one, one to five, uh, so basically 20%. So, I mean, you can, you could get away uh, with, I, I've heard, you know, maybe 10%, but uh, yeah, so for every, uh, yeah, so for every four. Yeah, so I do 20% of uh, the mixture is, uh, is the worm castings. If you're looking at doing the longer veg, you definitely want to get up into the 25% range. You know, just so you have that longer nitrogen for that plant to draw off of, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, Honey Bear, what's, uh, what's going on in your garden there? Oh, let me see. Well, I've got 15 keepers now that I'm planning on moving over to the facility once that gets up and running. And running through testing on other ones still. Um, it's been a little while since I found any keepers. They've been a little lackluster lately. <laughs> um, just a lot of mids, I guess is the best way of saying. And I personally don't want to cultivate anything like that. So I'm not going to bring it on board. I mean, we're probably testing 16 to 17%, but I want to bring everything in that's testing over 20. So it's yeah. been a little nice. bit. Nice. That's some good potency. Well, it's, I want to, you know, I believe that's what it should be. You know, you, you need to be hitting at least 18, 19% with a great terpene profile. And that's another thing. It's, I've had some plants that have tested upper 20s because they had no terpenes. So it, if, yeah. if it has no flavor, why keep it? 
I know people want their flavor. I want my flavor. I get it. So do I. And it's been a lot of fun and, you know, doing a lot of learning with this cultivation build out and all that. It's been a journey to say the very least. And I'm looking forward to it continuing. <laughs> very cool. I think awesome. I'm going to start yeah, some, I... uh, third coast genetics here next, some uh, Pure Michigan, I think is my next trend that's going in. What's that called? Third coast? Yep. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Fresh coast. Oops. Yeah, smart. Chuck will get mad at me. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> it's fresh coast, not third coast. <laughs> my bad. I, I know both the guys, so it's, yeah. I screw them up. They're both from Michigan. <laughs> Well, there we go. Now we know. <laughs> yep. There's quite a few breeders. We're saying. Yeah, there's so many, though. It's hard for me to know which ones are legit, right? Like, when you spend all the time on, well, you know, I'm sure you spend all the time on weed that you think is good genetics, and then you end up with, like... No, the best thing is, you know, especially with Instagram, reach out to the breeder. Exactly. Ask them what kind of testing they do. If they tell you to fuck off, don't buy their shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Red flag number. Yeah. They should be more than happy. You know, we ran 2,000 seeds as a test to see what came out. We got this many varietals. Yeah. They should, they should be more than happy to say that. More of the reputable breeders will tell you that. Some of the big name ones, they're hush hush on their testing and whatnot, but the proof yeah. is for the pudding on some of those. People get tricked on Instagram all the time. I have lots of followers and friends that get tricked by people and lose their money and by these fraudulent. Find good, seed, find good uh, brokers, uh, seed companies, you know, that are selling them. Yeah. Going directly, directly through the breeder sometimes, unless you know and you've purchased stuff from them in the past or bought seeds from somewhere else in the past. I, I try and stay away from that as much as possible. It's I go through what I know or I go through a reputable seed company because they're not going to carry someone's stuff if it's garbage. Yeah, exactly. And if you're thinking of buying someone's seeds, send them a DM and say, hey, I'm thinking of buying this. I'm just curious what you did for testing, how many you tested out, what filial generation you're on on the plants, all that. They should have no problem telling you that. That's awesome. Hear that? That's a wonderful tip that I wish I would have known at the beginning of my growth journey. Well, thank you. I... It's just simple things like that. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, I've been tricked. Yeah, I've had it happen too. And, you know, some of my Michigan breeders and mm -hmm. some people lie to you. Yeah, because there are some good ones out there, like from our like grow panel, you know, like <clears throat> predictive breeding he like you know he's one yep. of those people in the, in the in the in all the the breeders on instagram right but he's actually doing good stuff and he's testing his stuff and he's you know he's running good shit so it's hard to pick out that versus someone who's and, not and even doing anything at all they're just taking your money yeah he has other people testing it also so it's being yeah, tested in different too. environments yeah so that's the big thing different opinions yeah see so that's more legit to me 
I, I know one problem yeah, here there was... in the Upper Peninsula I have is I have a hard time getting seeds from Oregon breeders just because they don't like growing in my climate up here. Even if I'm growing indoors, they're just not a happy plant. And I'll have problems nine out of 10 times with them. Yeah, that's a good point. I need mm -hmm. to find local, there cool were, breed. I think there was a couple, yeah. there was a couple comments, I think in the chat regarding, you know, cause we were talking, cause we were talking about the seeds and uh, um, I can tell you uh, for me, and I've tried a bunch of different uh, places. I can tell you that uh, one of the places that I found carries some really great genetics here in Canada is uh, mm. realcanadianseeds.com, I think it is. Uh, I, think okay. it, I think their company is Canada Seeds. And uh, I need to write some. Uh, I'm uh, uh, because I'm, I'm really big right now on uh, Canarado uh, genetics. They also, um, they also sell. So Canada Seeds is a seed bank. They're not uh, uh, a breeder. They carry a bunch yeah, of. Have either of you uh, guys ran a Muertos? You know, really good. Sorry. Have either of you guys ran a Muertos? He's from Canada up there. Luke Williams. No, no. Um, the only the only Canadian the only Canadian breeder I've run is uh, Jordan of the Islands. So okay. And, oh, uh, I have some of those. Uh, mm -hmm. So anybody that's into that but yeah so at canada seeds you can also get in-house genetics ethos so there's some pretty solid you know they carry some really solid uh lines there uh in the states um i have picked up from neptune seed bank that's actually where i got my uh max stomper uh capulator um i want capulator yeah so and they ship they ship to Canada, no problem. I, I imagine dealing with them in the U.S. is uh, really easy. So anyways, recently that's uh, for the ones that might have been asking or curious in the chat. Those have been some of the places I've picked up some of my recent genetics. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I and and of course, as Miss Nudie, uh, we always like to support, support our own predicated breeding, uh, which is pbreeding.com. And uh, I am... Um, I'm just, I'm actually, I just popped a bunch of seeds of this uh, uh, rock candy cushion is New, New England rock candy, which I think um, is, um, he's starting to run low on that. So if anybody is uh, looking for that, you'll probably want to hit him up, but he did do a new drop recently. So, but uh, there you go. Which, 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 uh, which of caps are those? Uh, some orange cookie Mac. Some OCD mm -hmm. crossed with the M15 and your Max Stomper. There it is. That, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm, had I'm, Mac, um, I need some of those. I, <laughs> I didn't really find a keeper out of that. Um, I did have the gas. I didn't find a keeper out of that one either. Um, I did have a good Mac and I probably should have kept it, but I didn't. And oops. <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> and it was third coast, not not fresh coast for the other ones. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the Max Opera. Um, when I do that run, Miss Newts, if you're uh, if when I if I find when I find the keeper, I can definitely send you out a cut. You betcha! Um, I will take your cut. 
There Very it is. Nice. Um, real quick, just RDWC asked a, a bit ago, how can we cure and keep terpene strong? You know, listen, there's a bunch of different ways. Uh, I think it's important to know that the dry, the curing process starts as soon as you start drying. Yes. Um, and um, for me, look, there, there's probably a bunch of different ways that you can kind of, um, I don't want to say mess it up, but, you know, get less than desirable results. But the one thing I know for sure is I think the worst thing to do is to jar up or whichever way it is you want to kind of store or uh, too early. It's always better to air. If you want to keep those terpene, you know, it's better to air on the side of drier than, you know, more, you know, more moisture. You want there to be uh, no moisture left in there because if you store it or jar it up to cure too soon, and there's moisture, that's when you're going to start to get those funky, uh, the, you know, those funky smells or those, you know, hay smells or, 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 or lose those terpenes. And when you are drying, make sure you're drying in as cool a temperature as you can so that it doesn't oxidize, right? Because that's where you're gonna lose those, uh, those terpenes too. The, ho- the warmer, the hotter it is in your environment, your dry environment, um, the, the, the more those will uh, kind of uh, burn off, so to speak. Um, sorry, I, I want to give the rest of the panel a chance to chime in on that uh, if they got something to say, but I know there was, I'm trying to keep up Once with you uh, do, Jared, the chat. Yeah. Don't forget it and leave it open. The chat's lit. Is it? I don't have it open. Yeah, I'm trying to read and like pay attention. So when you see me go over here, that's me trying to read. (laughs) So yeah, that's it. Alex D asked, any thoughts on sacred cut seeds? Oh, what's that? That's a muerta. He's from Canada there. Um, Everything I've grown of his has been fire. I haven't heard of it. He's a little bit crazy. I have not heard of it, but I will have to check it out. Good genetics. Um, another okay. place the best, to get the good best seeds always is, are. Another place to get good seeds is Great Lakes Genetics. They're a Michigan seed-based company, and they carry like your Gate Green. Um, they carry Thug, which is hit or miss. <laughs> hey, is <laughs> that where I get peanut butter breath? Thug. Yeah. I need it, and I was looking for, it and I can't find it at any seed-based. Which one is it? Anymore, but um. Like the um, Thug and the guy, uh, Max Yield, he calls himself from third close. And where do I get this? These, thugs? these are all on uh, Great Lakes Genetics. Great Lakes Genetics, but do they, but do they deliver to Canada? I do not know. I'm damn near Canada. They deliver to me. <laughs> All right, I'll look it up. But thank you. Bye. You guys, you guys have any thoughts on uh, sacred cut seeds? I don't. It was a question in the chat. I, I've I never personally not ran them, so I don't have anything either way on. All right. I would uh, love was to try. A, a Kate, I, I try anything. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to try. Yeah. Them, so. Kate, Kate asked, "What the most expensive seed you've ever gotten? The the cap." Uh, Capulator Max Stomper is the most I've ever paid for seed. How much are those? 
I paid two fifty for uh, ten three, seeds, yep. regular Ooh. seeds, and that's and that's that's U.S. So that's like you know a million Canadian. No kidding. Oh wow! See, but I would too. I'm insane like that. <laughs> um, I, hey man, not so much that I paid for them, but I had some packs of seeds. They're only ten made by a, one of the bigger breeders. I won't say which one because I got all males off of it. <laughs> but so I, one of those packs sold the two days after we uh, popped them on an auction for fourteen hundred. Wow. I, I have a friend who paid 5500 for a pack of seeds once. I like dream about, I fantasize about some of those like really expensive seeds on BC seeds. They're BC, I think it's BC seeds. There's like $1,000 seeds. Like they're like the tree of excellence. It's like, I don't know. It's like a magical. I, I have ordered tree. from there once. I would <laughs> never, ever recommend them to anyone. Oh, really? I've never ordered. I just like, they just, there's some strains on there that you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found the price isn't what you like. It's, it's just, you got to know about the breeder. It's, it's all about, it's all about the breeder, yeah. right? So regardless of what they said, like, for example, you can actually like the next, one of the next uh, uh, cultivars I want to pick up uh, are actually not that expensive, uh, funny enough, but um is star pupil mass medical strains i'm I have so looking forward pupil. to that i'm excited it's crossed or something though but i have something i have so what is that? Uh, seeds. boneyard seeds okay. um so the breeder there he lost his leg two years ago now to a blood infection but he oh, only charges 35 to 50 for his seeds, and they are all old school phenomenal strains. Wow. Phenomenal strains. Every one of them is just a big old beefy yielder. They're great for outdoors, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's been, he's on the cheaper side, but he does great work. Um, Little brother. My my most favorite, most expensive seeds, like when I'm in a treat yourself mood is Amsterdam marijuana seeds. You spend a little bit more money on their seeds. They're like $200 for 10 good seeds. I only, and I only have a taste for their premium lines. <laughs> they do all um, their own uh, breeding. So, and they've been doing it for years. Like it's a really old seed bank and uh I've run White Widow Extreme, which has been the best plant I've ever run. And I've run a lot of strains. I need to actually do a list of how many I've done. But I've done White Widow Extreme. I ran that for a year. And then I've done Girl Scout Cookie Extreme. These are the premium. And then uh, Blue Dream Extreme. And they were, oh, I did um, Amnesia Trance, which is another premium one. Um, fuck, like these and all all the plants were resilient beefy like whether they were a sativa or an indica dominant plant like legit good seeds there very cool that's good to know mm -hmm. oh, well, like, saying, you I'm know the other thing i'll in order soon i can't wait right uh, obviously it's much scout, more difficult sorry, girl scout cookie no, extreme good. that's what i'm running right now that's the one extreme i have right now that's cool 
And who, sorry, who are the breeders for those? Who is the breeder? Um, it's called Amsterdam Marijuana Seeds or AMS. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the very first breeder I ever found, and it, I love it. Very cool. Yeah. Obviously, so one piece of advice, uh, you know, I'll give to the listeners, if you're, you know, if you're looking for seeds, it's, it's obviously much more difficult with um, some of the older uh, cultivars out there, but some of the newer crosses, if you can, if you're looking for something that's popular, uh, look for, try and get it from the original breeder, um, not, uh, not, you know, there, there's always going to be these one, uh, these breeders out there who might back cross it from a cut they got or something or, or what have you. If you can, like, for example, if you're going to get nine pound hammer, then get it from Jinx, right? Like you want it, you, yeah. want, you want to get it from Jinx proof. Um, for example, the strawberry, Jilly, Pete, Jilly Bean, get it from Miss Jill. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and she wins I, awards. <laughs> that's it. You know, I picked up the strawberry banana um, cultivar and I got it straight from Reserva Pravada or DNA Genetics, yeah. which is original. You know, so you want to you want to try and get it from if if you can from the original uh, original breeder, because then you yeah. at least if you've heard great stuff or if you tried it and it was a legit. Um, you know, it's a legit cut of it or legit seeds, then at least you know what to expect. And if it's a, if it's a, you know, uh, top quality breeder, then, you know, those, those genetics, genetics are going to be pretty consistent. Obviously you're going to have some phenotypical variations, but yeah. at the end of the day, you're if going you to can, get. I was going to say, if you can stay away from S1s and F1s mm-hmm. as much as possible. And can we talk about why that is, just so that I understand that a bit better? The S1 and F1, like S, that's like S2 is, I've learned is like second generation, right? That's when you take the babies and cross them into each other, or no? Somebody no. teach me. <laughs> so, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to um, dive too much into the breathing side because I just don't I know, know enough I know about what kind of wormhole it is, yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but... Uh, so when you get an S one, it's it's S stands for self. Self. So it was it was it was self. It was self pollinated. That's what that stands. Oh, for. like a feminized is, seed. Yes. Yeah. So that is, uh, and that, you know, that's that's what you're getting when you when you get an S one, and obviously the one is the first generation of it. And um, when you do a uh, a back cross. Um, you're, you're, you're basically, um, you're, you're, you're taking a, you're taking a female plant, obviously it has a certain, uh, uh, traits that you want and you're going to breed it with, well, uh, for, for the most part, pretty much any male, and then you're going to continually back cross it, uh, every time you run it, you're going to look for the traits that you're looking for and eventually breed out the male characteristics till you get it you're getting all the so original female like characteristics that we're looking for back cross you're like basically it's mating with its child every time is that what that is mating with itself or its child or its progeny yeah like it's yeah but but it's not it's not a, it's not a self it's not feminine it, you you're you're bringing in the different male so this is where oh. i'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stop talking much more about it because um, I 
I'm not as versed on it, you know. Okay. Um, I need to look some more of this stuff up. I'm just really interested in reading, but um, I mean, I'm not anywhere near that at all. It's just very interesting. So the big thing with the first generations, that's when you're going to get the most varietals out of the seeds. That's when you're going to get the wide range of expressions. Once you start going second, third, fourth generation back crossing, you're narrowing that down, narrowing that down, narrowing that down more and more to you're going to get more what the breeder has in mind of what they wanted creating that seed. So the point of breeding, right, good. is to put in what you want and take out what's gross. It, right? Exactly. You know, and I'm a big fan of IBLs or inbred lines. So it's basically that's breeding the children against each other, against each other with what you want out of each one. Is a quick way of saying it, not fully correct, but that's kind of what it is. And <laughs> it, so then if you want uh, F and F, what's the F? So F is just, it's basically if you take a, a, a male and a female plant, the first generation is, a, is oh, okay. an F. Is an F like right. regular it's like heterosex, hetero plant sex. That's it. That's exactly. It. That's what I'm Girl, writing down, hetero plant sex. That's what yeah. I'll teach my mentees. <laughs> and the reason why people will go that really want to get F1s is because uh, an F1 hybrid, uh, uh, a genuine F1 hybrid is actually uh, ideally from a couple of land race or original cultivars. But anyways, oh, but, right. you know, okay. but uh, a, a, a true F1 um, hybrid it is a very vigorous. That's going to be the most the the most vigorous plants that you're going to get. You can continue to breed to F2, F3, F4, F5 um to try and stabilize things but they're just not going to be as vigorous as the f1s which is why people a lot of people will always look for f1s but with f1s you're also going to have the highest bear uh, the largest variation of yep. phenotype uh, phenotypical expressions so it's not going to be as consistent but it's going to be you know um really vigorous uh, okay. Terms of growth. Um, so F2 would be like a second generation of that male, female sexing. So where, you, yes. So it's a second generation where you're getting the male or female. This is where the lines are a little blurred for me. I apologize. This, I just don't want to talk This is where you're taking okay. the progeny, the child. You're taking normally a male child and crossing it back to the original mother and the F2. That's and neat. then you're taking from there to get F3 and inbred from there further. You're taking the progenies and going against each other, against each other of the select ones that you want. Yeah, because when I bought my jelly bean seeds, I should have actually given a pay attention to Ms. Jill and her jelly bean seeds because they are fire. Oh, yeah. I got five of them and they were called F2s. So I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I kind of have a better idea of what that means F2s now. F2s will be the most stable. Oh, okay. So that was so a good thing. They were, they are stable. I All five of them were female. It was crazy. Like all five of them were female. I popped them all at the same time. All five of them were female. I kept the two best ones and I'm still cloning off of them. But they are so different. They are so different. Like they kind of grow the same with the same sort of structure, but their terpene profiles are completely different. One's super frosty and one's like 
a curly headed fuck. Like it's, and it's beautiful. It's like orange and it's just glorious. Actually, that's the one that I won the, or got second prize in that uh, cannabis cup was that jelly bean. That, okay. that curly cool. one, the red headed one, <laughs> the ginger. But yeah, very different, but both beautiful and very stable. And huge. So a couple of things. I was just trying to catch up on the chat and someone made a comment for sure. Probably the person I believe knows the most when it comes to genetics is our own Jack Greenstock. He's a, like a human. Kyle. Kyle Kyle definitely knows a a ton about the, the breeding side of things. If you want to learn a little bit more um, about, um, some of the breathing things, just some high level stuff, uh, Miss Newts. I know that Ross the Jeff did a pretty good uh, podcast episode uh, on um, on um, you know F ones and S ones and so on and so forth. You'll have Ross to look the for, for it. Though. Yeah, the, his, well, Ross the Jeff, but his podcast is called um, the Grow with Your Heart, uh, Growing from Your Heart. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm. I think it's probably, Growing from Your Heart. Yeah. Some. Uh, anyway, you you you'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll send you a link. Um, but there's a ton of episodes. He's right, got like yeah. almost six hundred. He's got over six hundred episodes. But it, 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 he he did talk about because uh, uh, he does breed. He has his own uh, breeding line, Ivory Genetics, and um, oh, I've heard he of it. Then about that. Yeah. So he he talked a bit about if you want kind of high level explanation of what uh, F1s and S1s and, and so on and uh, back crosses and, and what have you. I was listening to another um, podcast. It might've been on Growcast or something where they had a, might've been one of their breeder uh, uh, showcases or what have you, where they, they dove quite a bit into it also. So anyways, um, that's DJ where- Stores. I, in the chat, Kate Armstrong says DJ Short is onto his F12. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that, you know, and we're talking about years of work. Years. Yeah. You know, so. That's I've about got four of breeders. Many years. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. I was just saying, I have his flow that's been around since 04. This plant's been alive and cloned up right now. Quite a while. <laughs> Crazy. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, I know we went off on a bit of a tangent. Did you? Uh, was that? Uh, did you get a chance to finish off everything that's going on in your uh, garden yeah. there, Honey Bear? Yeah. Uh, who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> We're good at yeah, but I, I'm I just sitting here getting stoned having fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. Well, I, I guess I'll jump. Why don't I uh, jump into some of the stuff that's been going on in my grow? I got a ton of stuff. And um, let me start with, uh, I uh, I just harvested the solo cup run that I did, a pheno hunt uh, under that. Uh, it was the Mars Hydro yeah. SP250 run I did. Uh, literally, it was done Those from beginning to huge. end. And Those nugs look dang. Those they nugs were, look dead. They're 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 really nice. They were they they were dense for sure. The top colas were very dense. They're not huge. Uh, they weren't huge. It wasn't the highest yield. I wouldn't ex- I, I wouldn't expect it to, uh, but well, I did find some cats. keeper. 
I did find some keeper finos, and in that run, I ran the strawberry banana from, um, like I said, it was a Reserva Pravada. I ran the, um, yes. the MK Ultra from TH Seeds, uh, and then I ran the Northern, uh, Northern Lights, uh, Granddaddy Purple, and Cinderella 99. Those ones were from uh, Canuck Seeds. Um, so that one turned out, that you know, that run, they're just hang dry, and I actually just trimmed up the first... Um, one of the first strawberry bananas um, yesterday, and I'm going to probably um, take down the rest. They've been hang drying now for about nine days. Um, so I may, I may let it go another day or so. Uh, and then I had a pheno hunt of uh, Black Dosi Fire, which is the black collection Ooh. from Jordan of the Islands. Um, I was, uh, I got those seeds. It's a cross between, um, I think it's black, blackberry Kush, uh, Dosi Do, and uh, Fire OG. What? And, uh, wow! Yeah, so that was a uh, that was a pretty good that was a pretty fun run. Um, that that Fino hunt took me forever to get uh, to finally get it uh, get it done, but I found an, a nice keeper Fino, which is which was cool. I also. Uh, um, I mean, since the last show, I harvested my Grow Run 14, which was uh, a monocrop of all white widow. It's a pheno that um, I, I got rid of the mom, so that, that's the last time I'm running that one. And, Why'd you get uh, rid of the mom? Just done with it, or? Well, you know, I was finding. I mean, anyone that's following my channel knows that I've had I've, on and off. I've been dealing with PM, and I just found that that particular mm -hmm. cultivar was. A little bit more, as, as much as I loved it, it just was a little bit more susceptible to the PM than uh, I would like. So I figured, you know, I just, uh, if I want, I'll just, I'll find another, I'll do another pheno hunt for some white widow. But uh, I kept that mother for about a year and a half. So, and I, did, I had a ton of runs from it. So it was, it was good, but it was time to move on. I wanted to change it up. And now um, I have, so now I have the black dosi fire. I kept a, a cut of a uh, wedding cake that I had. Um, I still have uh, a mother, a couple moms of Girl Scout cookies. And um, I kept uh, the prize finos from the solo cup run. So I have one of the strawberry banana, one of the MK, MK Ultra, and uh, one of the Northern Lights. So that was, uh, that was cool. And I have a, I currently have a run that's uh, just over three weeks in flower. Um, the, it's, I took cuts from that solo cup run. So it's all those same cultivars, but in a proper tent, that's in my five by 10. Yeah, <laughs> in my five pot? by 10. Yes. In, well, in Rockwell. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what they're going to look like. Uh, well, they're beasts, you know, they, they stretched a lot because I kept them in the veg tent a little too long. So they, they, my veg tent uh, only has a 315 that. watt ceramic metal halide. Um, so I moved them into the five by 10, two, uh, two grow trays. There's uh, 32 plants in there. And um, so that tent, I had two 630 watt ceramic metal halide fixtures um, and I've, I've, I've just uh, historically struggled with heat in that tent with those huge, uh, with those two fixtures. So um, I, uh, I actually just bought a, 
couple of spider farmer um, SF 4000 um, nice. lights to put in there. So what I did was, and I just did this in my last update episode, I, I put up one of the spider farmers uh, in there and I left one of the six, uh, the ceramic metal halides just to make, um, just to keep the heat up. Um, and uh, I put the spider farmer on top of the, uh, over the, the tray with, I had a bunch of the girls, a bunch of the plants that stretched or grew too tall. So it's nice to have those under the LEDs because I can run that LED as close as, I mean, I think 12 inches is a little too close, but I think I have them right now about 16 or maybe close to 18 inches, which is really good. Um, so, and it, it's been cool. So what I did with that, and this is the problem that I had when I ran these CMHs for heat, I had to run an exhaust fan 24 hours. <laughs> well, I had to run, I had to run an exhaust 24 hours, uh, all throughout the grow 24 oh, wow. hours a day, just to maintain, just to keep the heat down. Um, so now. Oh yeah. With the LEDs, uh, I don't have to run them. I actually, uh, so with a couple of the tents in that five by five, I run an ink bird now, um, but just the, humidi the humidity one. So um, it, it, the, the exhaust now just runs once it, uh, uh, the humidity gets a little too high. Um, the temps are a little lower than I'd like, but it's going to start warming up here. So I don't, anticipate mm -hmm. that being an issue um I'm, I'm right now the temps are around 79 80 i'd like them to be around 82 83 oh really um, that's good you like yours higher than a lot of people are like oh i didn't go past 80 but i run sometimes to 85 well with the leds you gotta have them um you gotta have them around 82 83 so that the leaf temperatures oh. get up well, right because because the HI, so when you're running the, the any HID, whether it's HPS metal halide or ceramic metal halide, the radiant heat is going to heat the leaves up. So that's why you need to run cooler temps around. Yeah, because it's a lot hotter. Right. So the ambient temperature okay. has to be cooler because the leaf, to, to get the leaf temperatures down from where they would be. But because mm -hmm. uh, the LEDs, the heat, uh, radiates up from the, the driver and, and, and it dissipates up, it's not heating up the leaves. So you need to run a lot warmer uh, ambient temperature, 82, 83 Fahrenheit, so that the leaf temperatures are up. And if you are running, if you're running CO2, you can run the temps up to, uh, you're probably better off running the temps around 90, uh, almost 90, 90 to 95. That's perfect in summer. That's what they want to reach in summer. <laughs> I just yeah. need CO2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's so tough to run those levels of CO2 in a, I mean, in a tent, uh, in, yeah. in a tent right? Because just, you just lose it. But yeah, so anyways, just everything leaks out the seal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's what I got going in my Grow Run 15. And I just started, a, I'm just starting a run now. I actually... Uh, joined up with uh, Dr. MJ Coco's and Coco Cannabis's Autoflower Challenge. So I haven't run autoflowers for a couple years now. So I popped I a couple of, couple of freebie seeds that I got. So, and what did you run? What are you running? Um, it is um, one freebies? strain is Bride Cake by uh, G13 Labs. 
Okay, yeah, and, I know that. Um, I'm also running A White Widow by Dynafem. Nice, I'm running club. a Dynafem right now, a, a gorilla it's called. There you go. So um, for that one, it's in actually, it's in one of the small tents I got, the two by four uh, tent that I have because I'm running, um, I have, Vipar Spectra uh, sent me one of their P2000 uh, lights, their Pro Series lights mm-hmm. to, uh, to kind of run. So I'm doing a full run of that uh, to, to test it. And uh, so that's in the small tent. So I'm just running those two other flowers in there. Nice. And, uh, are and you then, gonna, what, are you, what light cycle are you going to choose? The people need to know. I want to know what you're going to choose. Uh, so auto flowers, I've traditionally always run 20 and four. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I run 24 for auto flowers. Um, you know, I, you know, just that they, they, they have, it's a balance. It, I, I find anyways, it's, it's a good balance to, uh, um, as Dr. MJ you know, says they don't necessarily need sleep, but at the end of the day, you know, um, it's a balance. There's no, I don't think that there's a significant um, a realization of, of additional yield or what have you by running at 24 hours. So you might as well save the money, uh, even though it's LED, it's a small setup, so it's not going to be a ton, mm-hmm. but, you know, savings is savings. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I run them 20 and four. Um, me too. That's what I do. Yeah, and then I got uh, a new run that I'm starting for Fino Hunt. I, I got uh, I'm popping a bunch of those Max Stompers, and I'm gonna do. Oh no, sorry. Predicated uh, breathings, uh, New England Rock Candy, and the Rock Candy Kush. I'm gonna be running in one of my five by five tents with, under uh, a new light, uh, FGI FGI Lightings Forever Green Indoors. Uh, uh, shout out to them. They sent me one of their 640 uh, Uniformity Pros. So it's their equivalent to the Spider Farmer, uh, sorry, not Spider Farmer, uh, the Spider from Fluence. Um, it's their equivalent to uh, Govita's um, 17, uh, 1750 um, strip light. Uh, and there's so there's it's similar to the chill, chilled LEDs that just came out, the Think Rose that Migro just tested. So it's a Uniformity Pro. I, it looks like an awesome light. They sent me they sent it to me with one of their controllers. So I'm going to be running that, doing a full review of that light in there. And since they sent me that, I went and picked up one of their brand new. Uh, I bought one of their uh, Square Threes. So. With the square three, did you do a post on it? I think I saw that. Not the square three. Uh, I did on the. Um, I saw uh, somebody posting. I saw. I saw someone's post about it. I that was. Uh, I think it was uh, full of full uh, duplex AF. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I he, knew uh, I saw them somewhere. Yeah, I need he, someone to send me lights. I'll test your lights, people. <laughs> there you go, Miss Nudy. She's she's available for LED light testing. Hit her up. There you go. I'll test your lights. Uh, so I that's a fun run because I'm gonna do the square three in my four by four veg tent. So I, I'm gonna do a full run in there. So it's not gonna be the veg tent anymore. Uh, I'm gonna do a full run pheno hunt with the square three and that four by four, and it's gonna be flood and drain all the way from beginning to end. So nice. I want to watch a flood and drain because I want to do one. 
Yeah, so that, because uh, usually I just do the flood and drain uh, for veg. So I'm going to do that full run flood and drain in, um, in small four by four by four inch uh, Grodan Rockwell cubes. Oh yeah, so, that's what we use at the weed factory and some of those plants get bigger than me. I'm telling you, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show, show people what kind of beast, yeah, what kind of beast you can grow in literally a four by four by four Rockwell. Shishkaberry as big as my head and it's growing in a four by four by four Rockwell, like blows my mind. Yeah. So that, I mean, the that's nugs. great. That's great. I'm telling you, man, people just, uh, it, it's, it's crazy what you can do. Uh, you know, in the rock wall. Yeah, it's so not running for nutrients right now. Uh, so I'm just finishing off. So I've always, uh, I mean, in my hydroponic system, I've always run a general hydroponics uh, flora series, three part um, of all the nutrient lines. I've always found that it's been the cleanest, and that's important to me because in my res, I run a recirculating uh, system. Okay. So, um, you know, I've found that other lines, uh, there's just a lot more sludge buildup potentially, especially with it recirculating back in the system. So the general hydroponics three part has always been good for me, but I'm just finishing that off because I'm moving to the Floroflex, um, line. Uh, oh, yeah? it looks, okay. yeah, it looks extremely, everyone I know that's run it and everything I've seen from it, it runs so clean. Um, and obviously so much more bang for your buck because of the, you know, it's a powdered nutrient line. And, uh, so, and obviously, what's that? Can you guys get front row up there? So it's funny you mentioned that because I have looked at front row AG's, uh, front row ag's, uh, line and, um, I would love to try it. Um, I haven't looked into whether or not we can get it out here. I would love to, you know, if I run the floor, uh, Floraflex line, I would love to do a side-by-side with that and Jack's and Front Row Ag um, because those are the powdered lines that I think. Uh, uh, I'm on my third row run right now with the Front Row and I'm amazed at how clean it is. Really? And how clean tasting leaves no residues behind. Very clean. And how it mixes up is unreal. You just got to warm your water up a little bit and it's the best dissolving one I have found yet. Really cool. Yes. Hey man, like, so, I, you know, I, 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 I've I, been happy with it so far. Cool. Well, I, I'm, that's something that I will um, definitely look into because um, I definitely want to move to uh, a powdered line. I, 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 the liquid, I want to get away from the liquid just because I just, it just costs so much more. It's expensive to ship water. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we, um, we make our own solutions with, you know, the powder the same way, you know, with the front row and whatnot. And the right. reps are pretty dang good. Right. Um, and, There's uh, a good question in here. What's that? Um, sorry. This, Warren Nelson, I just, before we lose it, in 100% cocoa coir, when would I start using newts on five-day-old autos? I would already have nutrients in your cocoa coir. I would yeah. highly recommend your cocoa coir. No, I'd let, I'd let them go for a week. Really? Just in Before throwing anything in there. And then I'd 
start off at about a quarter strength in pure cocoa. Oh, um, are they clones? Right now, so are they clones or seedlings? Well, oh, that's a good question. Clones or seedlings? Oh yeah, clones or seedlings? We don't know. <laughs> so if it's seedlings, yes, you you you. It must I be. Find... It's autos. It's autos. Unless I guess you can clone right. autos. Oh no, no. So okay, so it's from seeds. So I find that in any inert media, whether it's cocoa or rock wool or whatever, um, that around i think i think the longest is day seven before okay. you know you're you're going to want to get light nutrients in there um around between day five and day seven okay I, yeah I listen to that, these guys these guys have been growing way longer than me i do crazy things in my girls just, just remember when that seedling first pops it has its own food in the oh Catulli, don around it yeah it's got its own food for the first couple of days to promote its growth. And oh, you'll just see like it start lightening food. up. And that's when you start giving it a little bit of food, start light on them. You don't want to burn them, but start very, very light. <laughs> Maybe that's max, why sometimes my autos don't come up. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'm overfeeding them. Uh, well, no, I, I, I can say, obviously, the, the, look, it doesn't matter what anybody does. As long as the plant's healthy, look, man, no one's going to fall. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it, you know, we just don't want people killing their seedlings because they overdid it. Seeds are um, expensive. Yeah, we just, yeah, we just talked about that. Less is more people. That's the best thing I've ever learned from any mentor is less is more. Less is always more. Hello. Oh no, we lost someone. No, that was yeah. Sorry about that. That was uh, sometimes uh, I get I tend I I I get choppy uh, internet sometimes in this yeah. uh, little office. Me too. What's up? The American one just jumped in. And I know there was a few other people. I'm not sliding in that uh, jumped in. Purple Thumb OG and Warren Nelson. But uh, I've been, it's been difficult to keep up with the chat. But I appreciate everybody dropping in. And Thank you, everyone. Don't forget to hit the like button. Hala, yeah. I see some recognizable handles in there. Purple Thumb OG. And I saw some, you know, I think Le- Leander Crespo. was uh, is from the Philippines, I think, tuning in, which is cool. Yeah, we were talking humidity in the chat. There you uh, go. He has very high humidity and has to worry about that. Where me in Alberta, I never have to worry about humidity. <laughs> I come here and you're like a lizard. I go anywhere else in the world and my skin looks so much better. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's a that really is that really is a, a tough one when you you know you, you just you got to try and uh, you got to really try and have your room as sealed as possible and obviously yeah. control the humidity that way and exhaust it. Um, you know, run a dehu and uh, and you know it's a tough one. That's a tough one for sure. Um, awesome. So what else? Oh, we have oh, yeah. 45 people watching. Lit, 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 lit. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. So cool. I appreciate every appreciate everyone that's tuned in. And uh, 
I like that we're able to uh, interact with them a bit here as we kind of see like the thing. Uh, and like uh, the other thing I was going to mention too uh, was um, the last thing I guess that's going on in my garden is uh, I'm doing a pheno hunt of Sunday Driver. Oh, to just started. So that's what's uh, the in the two by four um, tent under the Mars Hydro SP250 uh, solo cup run that I did. Once that is out of there, done drying, that's where I'm going to move that pheno hunt. So. Where's Sunday is, Driver from? Why is it familiar? Panorado. Probably between a coast Han, or something. Panorado Genetics. And they have done, uh, they've done a bunch of crosses with it. Sunday Driver is a really... Um, okay. I've probably heard of it then. Yeah. So it's I one just of their ran their shirt head. Very cool. Mm. And I, talk about some different phenotypes. It was a feminized seed. I had nine females and all nine were different. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they were completely different. From kind of almost that. black, purple, to the limest lime green. <laughs> um, shout outs to T1 Production, uh, jumping in the chat and tuning in. And what's up, Eagle Gardens? What's People up? are bringing their friends. That's so nice. Anybody that is looking Even though for- we missed a month, people still want to hang out. That's cool. Are you That's guys it. bored in quarantine? <laughs> no, not bored at all, man. I can't, you know, not bored at all. Are you guys in quarantine? I still have to, I'm still being, I'm a grunt still. <laughs> I'm a I've, been I've been, I've been, I've been, I'm a, I'm a homebody right now for sure because my daughter's not in school, obviously, and- uh, Oh yeah. So kind of double up as a as a as a teacher now. <laughs> oh yes, I'm watching. Oh my god. I've never been so fucking thankful that my daughter is an adult and living on her own. Man, like I would hate to be a parent right now with my kid at home homeschooling. <laughs> I'd be in jail. <laughs> oh man. I know I would have smothered my child in her sleep. No more math. I like probably couldn't pass grade five math. I bet it is a it is a different it it is definitely a different uh, different experience. But if you are home quarantined and you want a ton more content, you can go hit up Eagle Gardens channel. Uh, he's on there every night for almost it almost seems like every night for like hours, which is awesome. I think I saw awesome. a post that uh, he was going to get on with Jinx Proof uh, sometime. I don't know if that's tonight or soon. So anyway, shout outs to him. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so the uh, funny enough, my, my daughter had to do a little project on, um, on a garden, on planning Ooh. out a garden. Nice. So I was like, oh, well, this one would be easy. <laughs> She's drawing out the little seven leaf plants and like <laughs> fixing up her garden. One's a sativa, one's an indica. <laughs> oh, man. So with the young child, how do you approach that? Yeah. With your garden. Well, I mean, I don't, so I don't hide it. I mean, she, she's, no, yeah, uh, you can't hide it. she's been in, she's been in my grow and well, so, so right now though, I mean, it, she doesn't, a plant is a plant. She doesn't know the difference between them. So yeah, 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go into that. Uh, you know, she's six years old. I don't okay. have that. Yeah. I don't have that particular discussion. She just knows that daddy grows plants and she enjoys seeing plants grow. Yeah, yeah. kids she's, love it. My my friend does a whole, she's got a whole um, a business called Canaparents. And um, I do some, I'm consulting on this um, Canaparents. I do some grow consulting for moms and dads and parents. And um, it's all about how parents can educate their kids on, um, people who want to grow at home and like uh, how it was so taboo for so long and I still kind of even have that sort of like paranoia like I literally took weed away from my kid when she was 15 because I was like she's gonna be a weed head you know like it just like I was one of those parents so it's crazy that now it's like I go over there and she's teaching her four-year-old daughter like this is mommy's medicine and this is what we're growing and like teaching them safety around it. And now she's teaching other parents on how to educate your kids at different like age levels and like uh, cons consuming. And because it's in Canada, right? We can talk about what's legal, what's not legal. People still think like social services is going to come and sweep in and take their kids away. And it, it's crazy what some people still think. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 there's definitely going to be a, a generational shift in that. Um, yeah, and I'm not concerned with you know, where, where my daughter's at right now. She's six years old. It's going to be a completely different mentality as she grows up. So, you know, mm -hmm. with, with, you know, not just legalization here in Canada, but you know, around the world. And yes, it's exciting, so, right? Yeah. So, like I said, not right now. brainwashed like I have been. Yeah. But it's funny, and you know, to her, it's it's just fun. And sometimes she'll run, she'll come downstairs, and she'll be like, "Wow, Daddy, that one's taller than me," you know. And you know, she just she has it. fun with it. Yeah, so she she loves that. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to cut this conversation, but uh, real quick, I just I know I, I there was a couple questions. I know Leander yeah, I know asked a question it. about defoliation. Um. So. Yeah. Um. So do I defoliate? Yes. Uh, but I only defoliate uh, out of need or what, what's necessary. So it's a little bit, I know there's a different approach. I know Ms. Nudie uh, probably, I'm sure she'll chime in. She has a, a different approach to it too. For me, I used to do a pretty significant defoliation. And what I do now is um, I defoliate what I need to control um, humidity, to control environment so I don't have any issues or try to prevent issues uh, with powdering mildew. Uh, I will defoliate uh, more heavily if I experience um, an issue. Like for example, uh, in one of my runs recently, I did have some spider mites. So what I did was I literally crop scouted uh, every day for any populations and I would just remove, um, you know, all the leaf matter that had any, uh, any population on it. And I was, ma I managed to, so I found out I had the spider mites with four weeks left in flower and I managed to contain, I didn't have an outbreak. I, I managed to actually contain it to four plants out of 32 um, by Is removing. Crop scouting? Yeah. So by removing um, any and all leaf matter that had any spider mites on it. I mean, that's where, that's where they're going to populate. That's where they're going to live. And I just, every, so I, 
first two or three days, it was a ton of defoliation because of that. And then after that, it was just monitoring. And I didn't yeah. really have to do much after that. Um, so to answer the question, um, my rule, my personal rule of thumb is I defoliate as needed. And uh, I'm not against defoliation, but I do try to keep whatever leaf matter I can on there as long as it's healthy. Um, so anyways, Ms. Newt uh, and Honeybear, you can- Well, I'm gonna question. start by, yeah, like answering, there's this question in here that says, do you think defoliation is a high yield technique? And people always misunderstand me because that is not what I do my defoliating for. Some people will say, yes, it does increase your yield. I've literally, I've literally done a side-by-side -side on clones with defoliation and yield and the yield was very similar. The thing that I like about defoliating or like, like a lot of defoliation is the formation of the nug and what that looks like. That's what I'm after is like more of what the plant looks like and not so much about the yield. So that is what I defoliate, but I don't think it gives you a higher yield. I've gotten a little bit of a higher yield from it just because the nugs are denser, but overall, I guess it depends on how much you do. And I, what I'll do, what I do is I defoliate so I can get them closer to, cause you know, you got those outside leaves that makes that plant so much bigger around. You do the yeah. defoliation, you can get plants in tighter. So then you're getting more grams per watt because you're getting the plants even closer, even with trellising and all that. You, yeah. you just get a better coverage on your canopy. And that's where you yeah. get the defoliation, you get more light penetration and you're getting the better overall canopy. And I yeah. run a lot of little plants in one four by four tent. So I don't want them all touching, like all the fan leaves touching each other. They don't need all those fan leaves. They need enough to get fed and they get fed just fine. But, and, and just when you do it too, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I do it strategically. I don't just go in there and freak out and like defoliate my leaves. First of all, is I make sure the plant's okay with it. So I start when they're little babies, like I top them early. I take all their stems off early. And at that point, I can tell right away if they're going to be okay with a high, a heavy defoliation. They either respond really well or they don't. And then when a plant flips to flower, if they're not producing much fan leaves, I'm probably not going to defoliate much. So some plants like indica dominant, I'll take a lot of leaves and they'll keep like, I've gotten bowls after bowls, like on this white widow I, I grew from, from Amsterdam marijuana seeds. I would literally take bowls like every second day of fan leaves and it would just pop more out. Like it just loved it. So I don't know. It depends on the plant and then when you do it. I got yeah, my so, secrets. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree with all of that. I am of this. I am of the school of thought that the fan leaves are where um, the lion's share, the photosynthesis happens, and you know I believe they have a very important role. You, you know the the flowers um, are not going to photosynthesize. Um, uh, nearly as much as the fan leaves, but I also believe that in when growing indoors and particularly in confined environments, it's almost uh, it's almost impossible to not uh, have to do some defoliation to have a clean end product, just because um, you know we have limitations, you know, and the benefits of 
doing um, a calculated and um, strategic defoliation is that, as Honey Bear mentioned, you know, you can uh, increase light penetration through your canopy, but more importantly, uh, you increase airflow, which is the more important thing. Um, and, you know, through the canopy, below the canopy, above the canopy. So, you know, and what Miss Newts was saying, when you have leaves that are touching on top of each other, you know, what you have is you have little microclimates and that's where problems are likely to start. And anybody that has had leaves on top of leaves will, will know that if you lift one of those leaves up underneath, there'll be, it's, there's moisture. Like there's literal, you know, moisture on top of that other leaf because that's what happens um, as it transpires. So, you know, you, you want to try not to do that. And, you know, if you do get, if you do manage to unfortunately get some type of pest in there, um, when leaves are touching leaves, you've just given them a bridge to other plants. It's just an easy way for them to move around to other plants. So these are the things, uh, these are the reasons why um, you'll want to probably defoliate to avoid these, but it's definitely not to increase yield. It's to produce a cleaner uh, and a cleaner product uh, end product and have uh, uh, less issues throughout the run. Yeah. That's my you know. and better and better formation of nugs, I think. You can definitely see them better when they're not covered with all those fan leaves. Not to mention, it makes it a hell of a lot easier during uh, trimming time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you talk to somebody who schwazies, they will for sure tell you that yield is increased by like quadruple. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's the kind of stuff that I hear from schwazing. And I am so intrigued by it that I will be trying it sometime just to see. I have done it. You know, and I mean, the key is obviously if you're going to try that and you're going to do it, make sure your plants are healthy or else you'll literally kill them. Of course. Um, Of course. um, Extreme. Like I said, I'm not here to get get into the debate about it with with, which it it works. It works for people and uh, whatever, whatever works for you. I'm squarely in the camp that I try to keep whatever fan leaves I can on there. And that's coming from someone who used to be on the other side of the fence so you know it is what oh, it yeah. is i just let's let's just each let's just plant say is different each plant is it. different they need to be taken uh, you need to listen to your plants with your yeah. body signal let's just say i've consumed a few botany books and i just you know whatever I, I i decided that i would join the other team but yeah um, that's fair i go back and forth on all sorts of things so <laughs> Um, Kate Armstrong asks, when doing a pheno hunt, do you want to smoke the plant before you decide on a keeper? Absolutely. It's part of, it's not the only, but it's part of, there's a lot of things I'm looking for when I'm doing a pheno hunt. Uh, and that's definitely one of them, but I, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I, I, I like to see a nice bud structure. I like to see, um, uh, I, I, I like to see a high yielder, but I also like to see a high quality flower with tons of trichomes. So it's, it's, it, there's a whole bunch of things I look for, uh, but, and, and that's definitely one of them. Bud structure is number one for me. Um, Bud structure, then trichome production. Um, It's got to have a good nose on it, bag appeal um, and smoke, of course. 
comes in, but that's the very last thing I take. And I'll know way before then if I have an idea in my head if I'm keeping a plant before I smoke it or not. There you go. And that's the thing. When you're pheno hunting, you're looking for phenotypical traits and, you know, different uh, uh, genotypical traits that are appealing to you. There's no right or wrong with it. You know, it's what you want. And, you know, um, so that's uh, that, that, that's an important thing. And, and, you know, and again, if that end flower, that end smoke is what's important to you, then, then you need to look for that. I mean, look, if you're making only concentrates and extracting, then maybe you don't care so much for bud structure and what you're after is overall biomass, you know, mm-hmm. or just, you know, it's, there's just so many different things. It, you know, every situation is different. So. Yeah. It depends um, what you want, what you're after. That's true. The biggest thing I have to say when pheno hunting also is don't be afraid to toss something away if you don't like it. So many people, oh, I got to keep it. I got to keep it. Toss it away. There's more. <laughs> There's plenty of fish in the sea when it comes to plants. Oh my gosh. If I showed you my veg tent. Oh man. I, I've thrown so many thousands of dollars oh, in seeds away just because they weren't right there for me. You're my new mom. You're my new mom. Oh, you look like <laughs> a great mom. You're an awesome mom. I have like all the moms. <laughs> As we I'm were talking. Oh, As we were talking there, I just jumped down the list and I saw that uh, Abolished Farms joined us. What's up? Yeah, and then you did. Cool. Anova. Who else did I? Sorry if I missed anyone, but thanks for um, joining. I'm growing Canuck seeds for the first time. I'm growing a wedding cake in White Widow. And when you were talking about your White Widow, if you want your next White Widow... It's dank. I'm going to start posting or I might do a post on the the plants I'm about to put into flower and the white widow and the wedding cake are absolute beasts. They're winning in this race. And I have the other two are shishkaberry and peyote critical from Barney's farm and connect seeds are winning right now. It's crazy. And Barney's farm is legit. My favorite. Like I know I keep saying they're all my favorite, but it's I've run so many good things from Barney's that I can't believe Canuck is coming on top. I'm so proud. Hey, Do you remember you uh, Barney's old LSD? Ooh, that sounds fun. Barney's you, never grown, you never grew that, their old LSD? I nope. grew that for years. It was a huge yielder. It was eh, taste-wise, but it was a huge yielder. It was, one of the, it was one of their Ooh. most favorite, or famous ones. So, thought maybe you would have well, heard of it. I better look it up. Actually, my mother planned... My wedding cake mother plant is uh is a connect seed. Is it? Is it a beast? Mine is. is the winner of all the four of all of them. Uh, I only had three well, gallons. It's not. Pot. And the wedding cake was in a two gallon. Sorry, I'll be quick. And it's bigger than the ones that were in three gallons. Like it was like fuck really? you, beasted like out. So I gave it a five gallon. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, it, it's actually funny enough, the, the, the wedding cake cut that I ended up keeping um, is not the hugest shielder, but it was, it was fire. Like it was, it's, oh, it's a great. Oh, I can't see what it looks like. Yield is my absolute last thing I look at. Yeah, I know absolute me too, last. but I just like, I like a big plant. It just looks so it, nice. It has to at least pay for itself. 
Yeah, so, you I know, growing to a certain size, I know it has it has to produce off it. <laughs> well, Can Can is giving me uh, hope that the wedding cake is going to be huge and fucking fire because I've never yeah. run it, so it's yay. Um, there was a there was a question I know earlier. I think it was Leander, and I, I saw some chat about it about purple. Um, so. Listen, you can induce, uh, you know, coloring uh, purple or, or, you know, those expressions in uh, your plants. It's going to be tough in the Philippines because one of the easiest ways to induce that is by running cooler oh. temps, uh, right? Uh, yep. But if you oh, have, purple, yeah. if you have, um, if you have a cultivar that is, um, has very strong um, purple, you know, uh, traits about it. It's gonna purple no matter what. Yep. So, um, so I guess to answer your question, if you really want something that's purple, then make sure you find a, a purple cultivar that you know of some really good genetics, and it will express those um, traits no matter what. But you can. You know, try to induce it by um, running cooler temps, particularly at night. Mm -hmm. You know, so and when I say yeah, cooler temps, PM with the cooler temps at night. What's that? Careful of PM with the cooler temps at night. Well, that's right. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. there's other considerations, but and when I say cooler temps, um, you know, you're you're looking at temps around um, high 60s, fairly, you know, 68, 69. Um, and then around there, breaking up more. Weed. I love those. I love those capulator. Uh, you know, I love what he <laughs> Oh man, I love what he sends his seeds in. Tiny little hat. Put it up so it looks like you're wearing it. Everyone wants to see you wearing it. <laughs> well, not for real. You just got to put it up like it is up there. It's a it is false. <laughs> it was up there. It's just the lights right there. So I can't see it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now you're wearing yep. a side hat. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things time. I know uh, there it is. Miss Lynch is all about the edibles. If you guys have questions Ooh. about edibles, you need to hit you need to hit Miss Nudie up. This is my new favorite um, cookie recipe that I have invented. Looks like it had uh, sprinkles in it. It does. Birthday hey, I know I know uh, Honey Bear was saying before we jumped on that we could maybe discuss some of the things uh, uh, that you got to be concerned about, I guess, at this time of year that would be coming on, I guess, in the spring and mm -hmm. summer months. Oh, yeah, spring and summer. And... If you're I mean... in Canada, then you need to worry about thrips. People I've been mentoring, um, and I used to, I have been tempted to do this too, but people who are first-time growers will often be like, oh, it's sunny outside. I'm going to take my plant outside and give it a little bit of fresh air, you know, that's what I did. And uh, guess what likes cannabis a lot? Thrips. And so as soon as you take your cannabis plant out, even for one second, I swear to God, the thrip is like right there waiting to get onto your cannabis plant. And then you bring it in 
and then it's about three weeks before you realize you have thrift and then it's much too late maybe you I think, I think a flower like I think you can make things. that statement to be a little broader I mean we're talking about so at this bug. time of year yeah at this time of year you're going to want to be vigilant on any potential pests that might be indigenous to your particular area whatever it is exactly. now I will tell you that if you're going to get any pests, thrips is probably one of the easier ones to deal with. Uh, between thrips, thrips and fungus gnats are usually pretty easy uh, to uh, you know control. But uh, yeah, like you know, I don't know. The most ones you find them are easy to take care of too. Sure, you know, you just got to be. Uh, you just got to be diligent with the way that you treat them. But Miss Newt brings up a great point. Like, I mean, I, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your plants, but if you're doing an indoor grow, I'm, I'm so not, you don't want to bring them outside. Um, you know, it's just a completely different environment. You're bringing it to, you, you know, you have a, uh, there's an ecosystem outdoors. If you're going to grow outdoors, there's some, usually there's a balance, but indoors, there's no balance. You're you're you bring a pest in there, and you're creating a the perfect environment for it to thrive and infest with no natural enemies. <laughs> so you know, not only bringing your plants outside, but be mindful of the fact that you know everything is coming to life at this time of year. So don't bring them in on yourself. Make sure we talk about this all the time. You know, clean yourself up, make sure that, you know, change your clothes, take a shower, whatever you need to do. Don't bring your pets into your grow because they are, the worst. They are such an ideal vector for oh for dogs with their tails. Traveling on their fur, like woohoo. Can't, you know, I'm look, I'm not hating on pets. Don't hate on me for saying that, but I'm telling you, you know, you you won't even know it. So yeah, so pests is a big thing at this time of year, you know, um, it's uh, as you as as the weather starts to get warmer. What else? I mean, for me, anyways, it's uh, I'm already gearing up for uh, we talked about this earlier humidity spikes. Yeah, fungus you know? are waking up. Everything's waking up. Um, you know, like you said, powdery mildew, your fungus is your botrytis. All that's waking up this time of year with the warmer temps outside. I mean, it's the spores for that stuff is everywhere now that it's not winter time and everything is dormant. You need yeah. to be vigilant. You need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you live in an area where it's uh, particularly in spring uh, that has a lot of rain, um, you're going to get those humidity spikes. And if you're in the middle of a flower run, it could cause some pretty big issues. Um, and uh, you know, uh, if you're running a lot of plants, remember that um, even if you don't have high humidity outdoors, um, your plants are going to transpire. So, for example, I've t- I talked this before about this before on the Growing with My Fellow Growers show, but uh, I run a recirculating system, and on any given day in my reservoirs, uh, when I run uh, one or two irrigation cycles, there's about um, you know, there's about a four, uh, a three, three gallon drop in each of my reservoirs. You know, that three gallons of 
of water is not just disappearing. It's going to be transpired. That means it's going to be going into the air. So when you're, when you're trying to figure out what type of humidifier or how much uh, humidifying, dehumidifying, sorry, you need, you need to take that into consideration. Uh, how, much, um, how much humidity is being transpired into the air. So um, just to give you an idea, I mean, I run three 90-pint humidifiers in my growth. So um, it's... Uh, I, have four in my basement. I have four in my basement. Wow. It's so different even in Ontario from Alberta because I don't have to worry too much about humidity. Heat, yes, but it's dry heat. Yeah. It's different. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm... 60, 70 miles from Lake Michigan and 50 Very, miles from Lake Superior. So, yeah, you guys are moist in the summer. <laughs> Very moist. Um, there was a comment. Um, Felix said, grow on rock wool and all pests will be gone. Um, you can nope. get pests in rock wool. I just want to put that out I there. I was in a weed factory. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a, it, There's you pests. know, you have different concerns for sure, but you can get them. I mean, I've, I've gotten uh, fungus gnat larvae. Yeah. Like it's, where do they find a comfortable place to live in there? I have no idea, but they do. They do. It, it's possible. It's, it's obviously it's not. Uh, it, Root it's, aphids. It's yep. Mm -hmm. Try and get rid of that. <laughs> so. That's crazy. And in Rockwell. Oh, and they're ugly. Now, for me, because I run the sterile res, um, you know, uh, running H2O2 in my reservoirs does help mm -hmm. a little bit with that. So can't do that for Health Canada, right? Legally, yeah, right. In a setting like LP, because I think they would too. But there's that's the thing too is there's lots of holdups for that kind of thing for IPM. Mm -hmm. What about chlorine dioxide? I don't know on a commercial level whether there's an issue, but I believe that running slow-release chlorine dioxide in your flower rooms is a great way to sterilize the air. What also is that? Alter, also neutralize your uh, your smells in your air too. That's what the shirt it, I'm wearing. What is that? How do you what, how do you get that? that? That's one of the companies uh, that email I sent you on that one time. That's oh, okay. uh, well, that, what that product is, that. is chlorine dioxide. So okay, well, then that, that, that eliminates pest action as well. Say that again. So that also helps prevent pests as well as for a cleaning product? It, it helps sterilize your environment. It helps okay. more towards the fungus side of things. Sorry, are so we still talking about chlorine dioxide? ISO? Did it work like that? Um, wondering, just curious. I'm not sure. Are we still talking <laughs> about the Yeah. So it's just going to sterilize. It'll it'll help to clean. I wouldn't. I shouldn't say sterilize, but it'll help to clean the air. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to do so much for 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 your pest. But the nice thing about chlorine dioxide is, if you run a slow release chlorine dioxide. It's fine. That it's not. You can still work in there. It's not like those. Hmm. 
Yes. Right. If you're going to run an ozone generator that's going to run high enough PPMs of ozone in the air to sterilize, then you can't be working in there while that's running. No, it's toxic to, for you and your plants. You need to make sure that you allow at least. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sure. The chlorine cool. dioxide is safe for your plants, not the ozone. Yep. Um. And yeah, H2O2 is what I would use also. I know you guys are big fans of it too. Like if that were in my own home grow or medical grow or whatever. <laughs> um, what else? <laughs> I computer died we... so I can no longer see the chat. I'm sorry. Oh, you, you guys have the chat, the chat questions. I can't see them. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. I don't. I don't think I saw any questions come in, and I, I did get. Uh, I did kind of drop out there for a second. Uh, my okay. connection dropped, but. Uh, um, I think it's getting near that time. It is getting near that time. Is there anything else to to kind of think about at this time of year before we kind of close it off? Um, Make sure you know who you're getting uh, things from. <laughs> vacations. Sure people like to go. I know it's quarantine life, which I am so excited for soon. Um, maybe, hopefully, I, uh, I, uh, people go on vacation and they have no good people to watch their weed. What do you do? Yeah, for sure. For sure, you gotta, you know, you gotta plan ahead for those things a hundred percent. Alex D says, "Does H two O two kill microbes?" Yes, it does. So if you're gonna kills be running, everything. yeah, it kills everything. So if you plan on, if you want to run beneficial uh, bacteria or, oh, or microbes yeah. in your root in your root zone, then you can forget about using H two O two. Yeah, I've heard that uh, so. people. I always forget to warn that too to people and there are quite a few people who want to grow organically so I totally respect that and that's good that that was brought up because I forgot. Yeah, yeah, H yeah, H2O2 will kill it. like it'll 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 sterilize like it'll get rid of it'll kill your mycorrhizae, it'll kill your uh you know any of those expensive products that you might be purchasing to put in there your any of your recharge. Um, yeah, your and your um, mammoth pea or any of that it's uh your blue sky don't... organics <laughs> i just wanted to shout out one more <laughs> <laughs> you know or your bokashi and uh you know and, oh, and that yeah. type of stuff yeah. no uh, no bueno with the h2o2 if you're running that yeah no no not in the root um, system I couldn't, think of anything. I couldn't think of any other things to watch out for in the summer but my mind's almost at the end of the day so you know how that is yeah. It's still light outside there? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. The best thing about living up like north north. Like, oh, yeah, I know you're north, but this is like north. Boom. Oh, what a gorgeous view. It's Thanks. very gorgeous. Yeah. I'm very lucky and very, I feel very grateful to be on this land for sure, yeah. especially during this time. Like when people. Middle of summer, we'll get 18, 19 hours usually. Stuck in town. 
uh, it's just so soothing. Anyways, 18, 19 my... hours, eh? Maybe less. I don't know. 17. About 17 hours of sunlight. We'll get in the sun. summer. Summer, like right now, the sun's coming up at five and it goes down about nine, but in summertime, it's up at four and goes down about 11. Yeah, we'll be up about five in the summertime and it'll set about eh, 10 30, 11, somewhere in there sometimes. I thought that was insane because even just the province over, I grew up in Saskatchewan and the lights go out at 9 p.m. Like we used to go to the drive-in theater at 9 p.m. The lights go out. And then I moved to Alberta and thought, wow, like the sun sure stays up forever here. And it does. For you, uh, for the outdoor growers out there, um, I don't think we're at that time yet where you're getting enough sunlight outside to go out with your plants. Oh, sure you are. No. Are you? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? You just got to make sure you're warming up. Yeah, it's cold still. Temper okay. them first. Okay. Temper them for a week, a week and a half first. But if you're not freezing at night, you're we got plenty of sunlight. We got snow yesterday. Yeah, so did we. Stupid shit. <laughs> Gross. It is, isn't it? They're talking. We're supposed to get more this week, and it's like ah. <laughs> I'm over it. All right. Well, we got about. Uh, we got about six minutes or five or six minutes before we are technically uh, closing out the show. So why don't we do some final shout outs? Be mindful of everybody's time. Why don't we start with uh, Miss uh, Nudie? Um, I shout out, say, eh? I'm going to shout out this panel and Shane tonight. Um, I think I plugged as many people as I could and more than I've ever done before. Breeders, like soil people. Um, and shout out all the essential workers out there that not just including the frontline, especially the frontline workers, but like every essential worker, grocery stores, gas station, weed factories, places, and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and what about uh, where everybody can find you? Um, you can find me over at, on Instagram. Most of the time, I do take little MIAs from time to time. And when I do that, it's just because I'm taking care of me and doing like fun things in the outdoors. Um, but Instagram mostly. At Miss Nudie yeah. Grove. There it is. Everybody's got to check out Miss Nudie's uh, Instagram. I know she's got a bunch of IGTV uh, videos on there, some pretty solid ones, and uh, always has some really entertaining stories that get posted. Yeah. So you get and you know, stories just... every day at least. Yes. <laughs> so there, there it is. Awesome. How about Thank you me. there? For sure. How about you there, Honey Bear? Well, she forgot the chakras. <laughs> which we can't get anywhere without the truckers of course thank you to all the frontline workers too yes. can't Sorry. forget the truckers my stepson's a trucker so thank you <laughs> um i'll start showing some more progress again of the construction at rise up here in iron mountain michigan starting tomorrow we get to go back to work officially um i've been back for a Hi. couple of days and it's been a long week already and i can't wait to show everyone the progress and 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to hit the like button. Shane, thank you. Ms. Nudy, Can Can, thanks to you guys as always. You guys rock. Um, thank you again. And and what is it? What is the what is your handle on the, your social media? Honeybear underscore KCCASCY. Yeah, make sure uh, all you guys uh, give them a follow and check them out. If you want to see um, a commercial facility get built from the ground up, then make sure you check them out because that is what Honey Bear Casey is neck deep in right now and, uh, uh, and getting going. Very so cool. And videos he's posting too. Yeah, it's great to watch. Tomorrow's video, all the drywall is going to be up and some of the doors and windows are going to be in. So uh, we're going to start framing some of the grow walls in the cultivation tomorrow. So I can't wait to show everyone. I love watching that shit. I need a virtual tour when it's done. You're always welcome. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, for me, I just, one, I want to thank uh, my fellow panelists here, Miss Nudie and Honey Bear, because, uh, they, uh, you know, they have kept us, uh, kept us going with this show. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we missed a month, but, uh, we're, we're here and, uh, it seems as though people are enjoying it, which I, I really appreciate. So, I shout out to the chat and everyone that tuned in. Uh, I hope you liked the conversation. Hope you, hopefully you learned something and uh, obviously shout I out did. to, uh, there you go. There you go. Shout out to cheap home grow and uh, Shane McCormick for putting all this together. And uh, if anybody wants to check out uh, what I'm doing uh, in my grow uh, or on social media, you can, it's pretty much it's can can grow everywhere so instagram and youtube predominantly but i do jump on facebook twitter um and uh patreon i do have a podcast i host a podcast uh, the germ to jar cannabis cultivation podcast on pretty much every major uh, podcast platform it's been a minute since i put super out. informative there's like four shows on lights it's insane it's awesome Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, um, I, I will put out more content. Hopefully you enjoy that content. And look, I want to shout out everybody else that's doing, uh, you know, as we're quarantining here, as we talked about, there have been a huge influx of uh, YouTubers and live videos of growers out there. And I think it's super cool, um, you know, because uh, we had Eagle in here. We had the Mission Brothers Grow Show. We had at the cheap home grow uh, and a whole bunch of others, you know, GML and the Grandmaster Level Show, Embracing Organics, and the Grow Tube is back. There's just so much, right? And, uh, you know, shout out to all of them because I love watching those and it's great to pass the time. And uh, I don't know, I think that that's, uh, I think that that's about it. I look forward Ooh, to I want to do, can I do one last one? Cheap Home Bro sure. is running a lady, a ladies show on May 9th, I think. Yes. Double check yeah. the date, but we should shout that out. I wish I could be a part of that. I'm working, unfortunately, but um, I'll be watching later and listening later, but everyone should check it out because there's some fucking cool ladies that's going to be on there. Yes. Hashtag women in weed. Just so everyone knows, my shirt is. Tiger. Tiger. 
Tiger Queen. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows my shirt is Garden Queen, G-A-R-D-N Queen dot com. Um, check them out. Tell them I sent you. Um, it's a great product. It's great for if you have smell problems, any kind of microbial problems, check them out. Those guys are great over there. So I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> there you Woo-hoo. go. Very cool. All right. I think Canada. we've done the, uh, yeah, I think we've done uh, a ton of shout outs and uh, thanks again. <laughs> if you, if you haven't already hit the like button, you know, it really helps the show and helps us uh, get out there. Appreciate that. And uh, that's about it. So until uh, I guess until the next episode or until we uh, talk to you guys again, uh, grow or love. Thanks everyone. Bye. I think I know we're still live. I know.